All right. Good morning, everybody. Nika Burnett here, Taste Life Nutrition. Today is Taste Life Nutrition Radio, streaming live on KUHSDenver.com, where we bring to you what I believe to be some of the most amazing people doing some of the most amazing things in the world, uh, bringing their goodness and their love and their light to all of us. And so today we have Shoshana French, who has been on the show with us before. Um, and you are, I was doing, I was doing the um, sort of my promo for the show earlier today. And the word that kept coming up for me, I probably said it five times, which is maybe a little overkill, but it was just brilliant. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and Thank I, you. yeah, <laughs> I, I just love what you do and I love what you're about and I love that you're on the show with us again. Um, and so I'm, I'm grateful for you. And so that's what we want with this show is to really bring people who are out there to serve and to give and to love and who are shining their light and, and they're growing and as they're growing, helping everybody else grow. And it's really this really beautiful, selfless, amazing way of living life and living life fully and optimally, which is what what I think we all want. Any of us who are in sort of this this industry, I was gonna say service industry, but it's this industry of serving others, right? Yeah. Um, And and we we all want to, to build and to lift and you know, just just uh, help others to do the same, to to build and to lift. And so, anyway, I'm super grateful for you for being here, um, and I'm excited to jump in and, and get started. But first, of course, we always start with gratitude. So, what are you grateful for today, Shoshana? Mm, so I just got back on Monday morning early from a flight from Maui. So what I'm grateful for right now is that I had, you know, two weeks with uh, friends and my husband in beautiful Maui and I got to swim. I love water. I'm a water baby, even though I live in Colorado. Uh, And so I got to be in the ocean for two weeks and in the sun every day and in weather that was 80 degrees. So I'm just, I'm grateful that I had that, you know, I'm so grateful for that. And then to come home, I'm really grateful for our home here yeah 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 I love that I actually saw I think I saw that on uh, Facebook that I saw that I, I don't know if you said it was your last day or whatever it was I saw you were in the ocean it's like oh so nice mm-hmm. because I'm gonna follow what you're saying and what I'm grateful for is on Sunday we're leaving for Belize <laughs> oh. Ooh, yeah. that's so exciting I I've know. never been but I've heard it's beautiful I love Central America it's gorgeous it is it is we've been once before and so we are heading out uh, we're going so we stayed mainland last time and now we're gonna stay on Kikaker uh, so one of the islands and the water is same same I love the water I love the beach I love the sun I'm a, I'm a summer girl through and through tank tops and flip-flops really is all I care about <laughs> I'm like, oh, tank tops and flip flops. I was literally in those for two weeks. I know. <laughs> First time we went, we were there for two weeks, and this time it's 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 only a week. But <laughs> but yeah, it's you know getting in the water. It's diving. You know, we uh, that was where I got certified to dive was in Belize two years ago. So. Uh, this is only my so we dove we did ten dives when we were there before. Wow! Yeah, so this time we'll do as you know as many as we can. But it's still a refresher. It's 
because I'm like, oh God, you know, I had to take a refresher. I'm like, there's so many things that I don't remember. But um, just, just the, the, so my husband, just to get a little deeper into it, which I'm excited about, he found a place that is on a preserve. And it is, it's not, there's, there aren't a lot of people and it's pretty secluded and it's a little jungle, um, but the beach is far away, or is not far away. And so it's just, I'm, so often when you go on vacation, it is a lot of just going and going and doing and maybe a little bit too much drinking and, you know, things that can go along with going on vacations. And this is really intended to be uh, a time of calm and continuing our prayer and meditation practice and, you know, doing and seeing, but just laying low a little bit. Mm -hmm. So I'm, I'm really, really looking forward to that. I'm super I bet that's awesome. The um, yeah, that it's the resetting of the nervous system yes. for sure. Yeah, without a doubt. Yeah. <laughs> Good stuff. So let's jump in. Uh, let's talk a little bit. You know, you've been on before, but I want those who have not seen you. And we've built our audience since the last time you were here. We're now over one hundred seventy thousand people that we're in front of. And actually, that was as of last quarter. So. You know, go Nikki, go Nikki, go Nikki. That's awesome. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so it's super fun. It's super fun to be able to, well, it's, yes, it's cool that the show's reaching that many people, but it's the people who are on the show with me and the messages that we can get out that are just really exciting for me. Um, I, this why I love this show. It's just so fun. Anyway, so let's talk about you. Let's talk about what you do, who you are, all of the things that, that brought you where you are today and make you who you are and how you help others. So <clears throat> I was just at a mastermind in Maui. So I was seven, seven of my 14 days was with this group. And uh, so as I articulate what I do, it might sound slightly different than when I was on last time because I was uh, lovingly challenged to get to the, like, the core of who I am and why I do what I do. So um, I do teach people how to practically apply intuition. Um, for me, it is like the reason I do that, and I work with all kinds of people, uh, coaches, like NFL coaches, um, I've worked with Broadway stars, I've worked with million dollar and billion dollar founders, and um, I work with individuals who are interested in restoring trust in themselves. Mm -hmm. You know, we're so trained to um, find authority outside of ourselves that my job on the planet this lifetime is to support people in restoring their trust in themselves to that inner authority, that timeless self we have, whether you call it a soul or a consciousness, however you associate mm -hmm. that, mm -hmm. it's restoring trust in ourselves. And the primary way I do that is by teaching people how to hear that inner voice, that intuition. So that's what I do. I do it through um, corporate uh, you know, coaching uh, teams, communication programs, leadership programs, and one-on-one uh, -on -one with people. Awesome. And I'm so interested in this. I, I always am because it's, it's for me, it's a, and may, I think maybe for a lot of people, it's a hard, not that it's a concept, but it's a hard concept to grasp. You know, what does it mean? And I know because you kind of speak my language when you're on, uh, on your website or, you know, you know, digging around and stalking your website always before the show. <laughs> But 
you know, so so many of us see intuition as it's this woo-woo thing. It's something that, you know, we don't understand when there's more to it than it just being woo-woo, right? I mean, there mm-hmm. there's there is, I think, evidence-based data behind it. There's a lot to it. And I also know for myself, I question myself a lot when it comes to making decisions. And I know that's a part of what you, you help with. And so how explain explain your view or your understanding how you teach not how you teach but that's later but the what intuition is how it works how it's evidence-based and I'll tell you I kind of got away from the word science because there's so much science right now that I think is not science so I just keep saying evidence-based yeah, that makes sense <laughs> um, Anyway, so so people can have kind of an understanding of, of what that means and how it is that they, we all have the ability to to dig into that into ourselves, and if we don't trust it, how we can start to trust that. You're like, let me ask you a question with fifteen parts. Well, Here yeah, we go. pretty much. Yeah, <laughs> I like those kind of questions personally. Uh, I like those kind of conversations that just go everywhere. Yeah. So, how I define uh, intuition in like the simplest form is intuition is a direct way of knowing or understanding something without any prior experience. So, how I often I like to compare it to how we typically make decisions. So, whoever's listening. Uh, think for a moment about the last time you had a big decision to make. Did you do research? Did like by looking online and you know, exa- or did you reach out to friends and kind of do a poll, like ask people's opinions, or did you go to an expert? Right? If you were going to buy a piece of real estate, did you you know go talk to a real estate lawyer or to a real estate agent? Right? So to me, all of that way of making decisions is awesome because. It is a proven way of making decisions, right? That's data-driven. Yeah, yeah. It is good. It's good for solving problems. If you have a problem, like your tire goes out on your car, then you go to data. Oh, my tire is flat. I'm going to call AAA, or I'm going to get out the jack and change it myself, right? Like that's data-driven, experience-driven, like evidence-driven. Yeah. However, if you find yourself in a place and I have talked to so many people recently, it seems like, both in networking groups I'm part of and other entrepreneurs, this might even be where you are, Nikki, <clears throat> excuse me, where we're in places we've never been before. Mm-hmm. So we don't have any evidence, education, or experience to like look back on or rely on. Yeah. And even if we ask people that we see as experts, they don't understand us, so even the advice they would give us, while good advice it may or may not really fit for us. So to me, that's the place where intuition is most practical and most powerful. It gives you access in places where you have to create something new, Mm -hmm. where you have to reach into the world of possibility. It is good for innovation. It's good for um, creating. So uh, I actually think, and this is, you know, part of the question you asked, I, I think every decision that we make creates the path that unfolds in front of us, right? Not to say that if something tragic or terrible happens, that means you cause it. I don't mean that. I mean that I think of it more like the decisions that we make create the opportunities that show up. So if in the moment of decision we tap into uh, what is aligned with our purpose 
and then choose from there versus choosing from our past, it means that then what the next thing that happens is will be something that's never happened before because we didn't go back to what we already knew. So that that is, to me, the most practical and powerful part of intuition. It is no surprise that I work a lot with business owners because business owners, tend, just like you and whoever's listening that is a business owner, they tend to be the innovators. They tend to be the people who are... Um, crazy enough to think that this idea that's never existed before could happen. Yeah. And that's that I was saying in the beginning about my job or my purpose. I like that word better. My yeah. purpose yeah. on the planet is mm -hmm. to help people restore mm -hmm. trust in their own inner authority. Yeah. And so that that is where it's really powerful is in business. But I've seen it in every area of life. I've watched people use it in their health, in their relationships, about vacation, <laughs> choosing yeah. Airbnbs. Let's be real. Do you know how many Airbnbs there are to choose from anytime you want to travel? Like mm -hmm. thousands. So yeah. how do you yeah. choose? Mm -hmm. You know, you can read through all the things, but ultimately I always use my intuition when I choose an Airbnb every time. <laughs> and it always works out. I love that. <laughs> so, so, so something like, the, I mean, it's, it sounds simple, not simple, but choosing an Airbnb, go through that process with me. What does that look like? Well, so when we make decisions inside of data, then we have to have data points, uh -huh. like um, budget, location, yeah. length of time, availability, like kind of all those things, <laughs> mm -hmm. and maybe even a metric like what's the, you know, what is the, how high is the rated? So that's one way of doing it, mm -hmm. and I put people who do that. What I do is I have a conversation either with my husband, if we're gonna be traveling together, or I sit with myself for a moment and I go, not what is it I want, what's the experience I want? Yeah. What's the experience? How do I wanna feel in this space? Mm -hmm. And this may sound, this is where it starts to sound maybe a little bit woo-woo to people. However, when you choose the experience you want versus the data that you want, mm -hmm. then uh, it allows, we could say, it allows your consciousness, it allows your being, it allows the universe, however your beliefs are, mm -hmm. it gives some room for what's unknown to show up and have it be better than you thought it could be. So for this particular trip, I looked at an Airbnb in the general location, and then I sat with myself and uh, my husband, and I said, what kind of experience do you want? And so we talked about it. We wanted something quiet, which on Maui, was going to take something, right? We wanted yeah. something quiet. We wanted a beautiful view. We wanted a place where it was comfortable yeah. and we wanted it to be easy access to all the things that we wanted. It was kind of like we wanted this experience of like the thing you were just talking about, Nikki, where you and your husband are going to kind of a quiet place. Mm -hmm. We wanted to be able to sink in yes. and kind of reset our nervous system. We've had a busy, you know, 2021, 2022 was really busy for us. Mm -hmm. So I felt that, and then I went to the Airbnbs that were available in the general area of near the airport on Maui, and there were a lot. And then I would just look at them, and I kept waiting for the one that felt right. Hmm. I love that. So there were two. There were two that felt right, mm -hmm. and uh, and then from there I used data. <laughs> okay. Because like because I couldn't choose between the two that were they both felt right, and then I used data, and the one that we chose. Um, it had like really high ratings and I was like, oh, that it both feels right and data wise feels mm -hmm. good. It was, it's one of the nicest places we, we've ever stayed. We were, it was, and it was everything we wanted. It was quiet. 
it was like off of all roads. It was right onto the water. And it was in, it was so quiet because it wasn't near any town. Mm -hmm. It was like kind of, it was like near the docks we watched, mm -hmm. you know, boats leave. And yeah. so um, if I had used data, I would have done what my friend who lives on Maui said to do. I would have chosen the condominium development she recommended in the town she recommended in the area she recommended because she told me that was a better spot. Mm -hmm. But I didn't use her data. Instead, I used our intuition, my husband and I's, that feeling of experience mm -hmm. in the body that I knew would be right. So yeah. that's like an, an example of, and it turned out better than we could have imagined because it was, you know, uh, it was like all the data points I could have never predicted. Mm -hmm. And it was amazing. Like the whole experience was amazing. So, I mean, that's the, yeah. that's the simplest way to sure. express it. I didn't get into like, well, how do you know what your inner, mm -hmm. what, how do you, how do you know what that feeling is and how do you translate that feeling? Like all of that is yeah. the practical application of intuition, the practice of learning how your being mm -hmm. actually receives that kind of like intuition. So yeah. but that, that's an example of how we used it. Yeah, I think that's great. I have a question, and I'm not sure how it's going to come out. So it's a thought that I'm, 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 I'm working through in my head. And so we'll see. So, <laughs> <laughs> so I know that, um, so we have data that we can base life on, right? We also have our emotions, mm -hmm. um, which I think is different than our intuition. Yes? Yeah. Yeah. How do you, how do you not, how do you not confuse your emotions around something versus, you know, when people say, well, this is what I'm feeling or, you know, so feeling I think is important and it's, under, it's important to understand, but sometimes it, I think feelings sometimes can lead us astray, right? Yeah. <laughs> emotions can sometimes lead us astray. How do you, I don't know if I use the word differentiate, maybe it's how do you differentiate? No, that's a good question. Yeah. Differentiate mm -hmm. is a good word. Okay. This is not a simple question. Yeah, I don't um, think so. Yeah, and like this is not a simple question. Uh, so I'm gonna, I'm gonna speak from two places. One is not my real house. One is more psychological from okay. the world of behavioral science, mm -hmm. right? So from my friends who are therapists and psychologists, and I have a lot of friends that are in that field, um, because that field fascinates me. So I tend to make friends in that field and like yeah. ask them questions. Um, neurobiologically speaking, emotions are, um, you know, some of them are chemical responses to stimuli. Mm -hmm. And some of that stimuli, stimulus that we're experiencing, right, the things that are coming at us are actually not any different than what I was saying before, which is experience and education and even the way in which our body responds to things. And so uh, when we talk about it from a psychological perspective, it's recognizing and understanding what is happening now versus what happened before. Mm -hmm. So it, it's not simply just about emotional feelings, it's about you know, reaction. So I just wanna say that yeah. first. Yeah. So anyone who's listening to this who has little t and big t trauma, it is hard to trust your intuition yeah. if, you've, if you've had those experiences but you haven't yet done the processing work to resolve and heal those experiences. Mm -hmm. I, I mean, I work with so many women who've had really bad little T and big T traumas in relationship where 
they get a feeling or a thought because you know intuition and this is the other part intuition does not just come in by feeling like like a sense in the body it also comes in as a thought it comes in as something that you can see in your mind's eye almost like imagination a picture a movie but it also comes in in things you can hear like you might hear the thing they're not saying so as an example a lot of the women that i work with who had those experiences and i'm not making this a woman thing by the way sure. so if you're watching this and you're male it's could be the same for you when you have those experiences that um deteriorate your trust in yourself where you thought you understood believed and trusted something you followed that and then afterwards you found out you were totally wrong mm -hmm. then when that opportunity to make that same sort of decision comes up again do i trust do i not trust this person in front of me and everything on paper looks uh, great, but that I'm having this hesitation or uncomfortable feeling, oh, that must be because I don't trust people because of my last relationship. So to me, um, again, I told you it's not a simple question. So to me, it's always the differ differentiation between what is happening right now and what happened in the past. And the only way to do that is to do the inner work, mm -hmm. to do the personal development work, yeah. whether it's a therapist or a coach or transformational education or meditation or whatever, like whatever Bible study, like even my friends who are Christian and, you know, do that deeper work inside of a, you know, inside of their church, however you do it, but doing that deeper work to better understand your triggers, to better understand what is causing you to distrust yourself. So I think that is it's not like a, this is how you differentiate it in the moment. There's nothing like that. I wish there was. Right, yeah. I am suspect quite often of myself when I feel um, a sense of hesitation about something because just that feeling is a good reason for me to pause and check in. Mm -hmm. If I feel like I'm about to do something, I've already decided to do something, and now I feel a hesitation, mm -hmm. that for me is a, is a sign that there's some communication going on, and then I just have to ask myself, is this hesitation related to the past, you know, something psychological, experience, education, or is this hesitation like an intuitive communication? Mm -hmm. And so um, what I often tell people is this acronym, PAL, P-A-L. P stands for pause. So I pause, I ask question, right? So I ask this question, which is what is this feeling? What is this feeling about? And then I listen. So pause, ask, listen. So it's kind of like my answer to your question is, is three parts. Part number one, that inner work where you process the things that trigger you, super helpful. So you can notice when you're triggered, that's not your intuition. Mm -hmm. Two, um, in the moment, recognize, uh, you know, pause yourself, pause, ask, and listen. Mm -hmm. And then the third part is practice understanding how your intuition works because it's like any muscle, you have to practice it. If you don't practice it, in the moment, because this is the thing that happens, and I know it happens for me too, I wanna use my intuition in intense moments of big life-changing decisions. I'm like, Ooh! and then I can't hear it because I'm all jacked up. Yeah. Because yeah. that's what happens. You're living into some future where you're making the wrong decision, but that's not a real future because the future hasn't happened yet. It's based on the past where I made a bad decision and I messed up and I failed and had to deal with consequences. So mm -hmm. intuition does not occur in the future or the past, it occurs right now, based on what it is you actually desire and want versus you know fixing a problem or avoiding making a mistake, which is where triggers occur mm -hmm. and or data-driven decision 
goes. Yeah. Hopefully that wasn't too much. Does that make sense? Yes. No, it's great. <laughs> I love it. So there's so much, and this is where it comes into, and I think you just said this, but it's a practice. And so, so much of it is really around our own awareness, right? And, and having that exactly. understanding and not um, uh, shooting off the cuff. Right. And just, you know, and which I think is not always a bad thing, just, you know, making the decision and going. But really, you know, having the ability to 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 be aware of not only what's going on around you, but what's going on inside and, and, and learning that. And, and a lot of this is coming from me because you know, it's always, always learning for myself. And, you know, especially, you know, what you said was, um, you know, you're I. And, and, and lots of people are in a place where we're just starting to really figure, try to figure things out. Not that things are figured out, you know, finding my own purpose. Right. And that's been sort of where I've been over the last year is, you know, I know what I do and I know I love what I do, but what is my true purpose? And we'll talk about that later because it's a part of what we talked about before the show. But, <laughs> but it's an interesting it's an interesting place to be as you're going through the process of finding your purpose um, and then figuring out what to do next. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Agreed. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's the, it, <laughs> I w it, and it doesn't always have to be big life decisions of what's next either. Sometimes what, what's next can look like you wake up in the morning and you're like, well, I exercise every morning, but do but does my body actually want to do that today? What would yeah. serve my body? Mm -hmm. Would it serve my body to actually meditate and journal today, mm -hmm. or would it serve it to do an intense workout? Like sometimes we get into habits and we rely on our experience of the habits mm -hmm. instead of always just actually checking in because intuition is a is an this hopefully this lands for people, but it's an arising phenomenon, right? As things change, your intuition will communicate about what's so right now, mm -hmm. because things do change. Yeah. Yeah. I had a question. What was my question? No idea. Um, <laughs> guess it'll come to me later. Um, so one of the things. So I have you know I I did a little copy pasting of your website, and so. Um, <laughs> The things that you, which I love this, and so which is why I put it on here, but the things that you do, or things that we can do, sorry, as as we're working through our understanding our intuition and listening to our intuition and what it can do. So you have, you know, in building relationships um, with important people and events. Um, I love this, finding the perfect place to live. These are things that you have helped people do, right? Mm -hmm. um, I, and this one, I'm like, ooh, I need this. <laughs> Write the best subject line for my marketing emails that resulted in 32% open rate. I'm like, whoa, that's amazing. How cool is that? That's one of those things that just, you know, selfishly, I'm like, that's the hardest thing in the world in my mind is understanding how, how what people hear, what lands with people when it comes to trying to speak my truth and so my truth is supposed to come out in the emails and my marketing right I want people to hear what I'm about and why I'm about and in those things but what lands you know it's hard to it's really hard to understand what lands with people 
Um, and then discovering and releasing your own limitations, resolving communica communication breakdowns with clients and, and family. Those are all things that are essentially daily, <laughs> things that we do daily that can help us, that, that can help us to make the decisions on the right way to go. So getting back to it, what my, what my question was, you know, for myself, you know, I do, I, I, I try to do my prayer and my meditation every morning, and then I do a little bit of it in the evening, and it's all encompassed, it's all, you know, it includes gratitude and all of these things sort of all together, you know, wound up together. And I, I think and I hope that that's a, a, sort of a part of me learning to be still and start to learn what it is that I'm supposed to hear. You know, and I believe, you know, a lot of it is God, you know, giving me a direction. And there have been only a few times where I just like, it, I heard the words, heard the words. This is something that I just think is really amazing. But I heard the words very clearly. I was like, okay. I got it. And I know a lot of people can can do that and, you know, can hear the words very clearly a lot. It's, it's not always that easy for me. But point to all of my rambling is um, that's what I'm doing, and, and as well as having coaches, right, who kind of help guide through all of that stuff. But are there other things, so are those good things to do to help you to start to learn and understand your own intuition? And what are other ways of, you know, of course, seeing somebody like you and, 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 you know, other coaches, but are there other ways that, pe that people can practice this and start to learn and develop? Most certainly. <clears throat> I, I want to say like two things, whoever is listening, so that they, it, it, even though, um, even though I have a test people can take where it helps them understand the parts of their intuition, the intuitive blueprint test. Which is on your website. It's on my website. On the, website. The, reason I, the reason I developed that was because what I was finding is that um, there were similarities sometimes between how people's intuition work, but ultimately people are complex mm -hmm. because our neural pathways in our brain are all different. Yes. So um, I just want to say that, that um, the thing you said about, you know, I, I heard the words and I, you know, I know some people who can do that everybody's intuition all works a little bit differently. Mm -hmm. And so we just have to keep that in mind. Some of us are more driven by emotions. Mm -hmm. Some of us are more driven by like ideas and understanding. And some of us are more driven by experiencing something. Mm -hmm. So that makes a difference in how <clears throat> we fine tune and really tap in. So I say all of that to say, <clears throat> to directly answer your second question or your question, which is, are those things the right things to do and are there more things to do to help us tap in and learn to use our intuition? <clears throat> I, I think that there are, like, it really depends on you individually, right? It depends on who you are and how you operate. Mm -hmm. So one thing I do every day so I can hear my intuition more clearly is I have to get out of my head mm -hmm. and into my body mm -hmm. because my brain noise is really, really loud. Yeah. Like, real loud. Um, I don't think it's ADHD loud, uh, where it's, it, um, where I'm, you know, neurodivergent, where I think in a different way, my brain processes a different way. 
<clears throat> you'd ask my husband, he maybe has something different to say. Mm -hmm. uh, he often says when I go in a tangent swirl, and like I just did. So <laughs> my point is, and just like that, yep, my yep. point is that the, the way for me that works really, really well to tap into my intuition is to sink into my body and to turn down the volume of my brain. Mm -hmm. That works amazing for me. How I do that is by moving my body. So I do really intense Peloton workouts. When I was in Maui, I ran, we did crazy hikes, I swam really, really hard in a pool where we were saying that kind of intensity, because my brain is the way that it is, it, it quiets it down because all I can focus on when I'm exercising that hard is how my body is moving mm -hmm. to ensure I can breathe and to make sure I don't fall and break my neck, mm -hmm. right? If I'm, or keeping my eyes open for things in the water, <laughs> like that. Yeah. However, we're all built differently. I have another client, her way of quieting her brain down is she does um, Zen tangles. I don't know if your audience knows about those. Zen tangles, my literal favorite thing right now. Huh. Uh, I learned about them in October. It's it's like a doodle. It, it, people can look it up, and I'll give you the link when we're done with the show today, and you can yeah. put it in the notes, and then people can check yeah. it out. But yeah. it's basically like doodling, and it's meditative in nature, and that that creative process um, gets her out of her brain, you know, being worried about the future, processing the past, it gets her into the current moment, yeah. right? I have another client, her way is to journal. She journals every day. Mm -hmm. I have another client, she's a Bible reader. That's what she does, the, the Christian Bible. So every morning she does a little reading of a thing. She has like a Bible that's just meant for reading a, a passage every day. Yeah. And then she does a little bit of prayer, meditation, mm -hmm. and writes kind of what she gets. So whatever you need to do to pause your brain, to quiet it down, you're not ever gonna stop it or have the machinations yeah. of your brain processing thoughts, feelings, experiences, whatever, you're never gonna stop it, but you can quiet it down. Mm -hmm. The second thing you uh, that is helpful to being able to hear your intuition is to calm your emotions. So if you're having a really heightened emotion moment, mm -hmm. um, whatever works to calm your emotions. And again, we're all built differently. Yeah. Some of us need to talk to someone, like just we're out loud processors. So by sharing our feelings out loud with someone, that calms them. For some of us, then that's when I have some people, they go do that intense exercise because that actually calms their emotions. Yeah. Um, and then the last thing is um, being able to get in the body in a way where you can sink in and uh, not feel like you're moving forward in space, mm -hmm. like where you can just <sighs> exhale. So, and ways people do that is exactly what you're talking about, gratitudes, prayer, meditation, so I wish there was some like, do this thing yeah. and that will work. But there's not really. What I would say is exactly that acronym I said, P-A-L. That's my recommendation to everyone if you want to hear your intuition. Learn how to pause. Pausing is mind gets quieter, emotions are calmed, body relaxes. So whatever does that for you, whatever pause looks like. It also means being unavailable to others intentionally, even just for five minutes, getting off technology, whatever that looks like asking questions. This is not about getting answers, it's about inquiring. So asking open-ended questions about specific things without saying things like, should I use this email subject line? Should I go to that Airbnb? Should I date this person? Should I take this job? You know, Is this the right house to, all of those kind of questions confuse our intuition. But if you ask questions like, is this house a fulfillment of what we want for a home? Mm. 
does this subject line communicate what I desire to communicate in this email? Uh, you know, is this person a great fit for a long-term partnership? If that's the thing you want. Right. Or would this person be awesome to go on a date with? Mm -hmm. <laughs> like, yeah. that leaves it open, yeah. right? Yeah. And then you can listen for how you're, in, that's the last one, the L, listen. Then you listen for what your intuition says, whether it speaks to you through sensations in your body, whether it tells you through words like you're talking about, whether it tells you in a knowing, you just know something, mm -hmm. or if by, by focusing, you then see the answer in your head like a picture. So those are the four ways our bodies translate. So pause, mm -hmm. ask questions, the right questions, yeah. and then listen. If you do that, it will connect you to your intuition. So there's that, and then part two is really doing the inner work to trust ourselves. Mm -hmm. it, it's no joke, right? I mean, yeah. I've been doing this for 28 years. I've been studying and developing my own intuition mm -hmm. for 28 years. And there are, I'm human though, just like everybody listening. And there are times when I argue with my intuition because it's saying something I don't like, or it's going directly against something someone else told me who I see as an authority. Mm -hmm. I got coaching in 2021 about my business and I followed it. And the core of the coaching was good, but the specifics, like what they laid out as the structure for what there was for me to do, totally didn't work because I listen to them instead of following my own intuition. Mm -hmm. So it's easy to do that. <laughs> so, yeah. you have, so there's like the inner work to do, right? <laughs> and so doing the inner work, that's the kind of stuff that you help with, right? It's helping people yes. to learn yeah. how to do that inner work and what it looks like. And I think just like, I have this, I have this tickle in my nose, it's like I'm gonna sneeze any minute. And so I'm hoping it goes away. Um, I love what you're saying for a couple of reasons. You know, when I'm in, when I'm working with people in, in practice, you know, there are questions, you know, there are always, always lots of questions. And my answer most often is, well, it depends because you're different than everybody else. Right. And so it's, it's, it, it has to be, which also makes it hard. Right. If, if everybody, if, if, you know, if we could do the same thing for everybody, we're like, oh man, this is easy. <laughs> But it's not the case. And so you take the time to sort of dig into their history, dig into their past, help them dig into all of the things. And I'm sure it's also, you know, their fears and, and lots of things that go into the past and the future and the what ifs. And I, I know a lot of times I, this is where I work on too is getting away from uh, running out, running in fear, not not running, but doing things out of fear or being fearful of doing the thing because of whatever happened in the past. All of the things that can come together and make making decisions very confusing, very hard. Um, yeah, I think that that's... Because it, I, I love what you just said about fear. Um, sometimes our fear arises from not wanting to mess something up again because we did something before but we don't want to repeat the mistake. Mm -hmm. Yes. And so we don't, like in this context, talking about trusting our own inner authority, trusting our own intuition, this relates because if we have a fear that we're going to repeat a mistake we've made in the past, mm -hmm. what we'll do is we'll make a decision right from that data point. Yep. When I say data-driven decision-making, mm -hmm. I also mean 
a data point, like a, like a something that now lives in our reality as what's possible, what's not possible, where we can trust ourselves, where we can't trust ourselves, and then we make decisions from that. So as an example, you know, I don't live where the ocean is, and I love, I don't scuba, but I love snorkeling. And we were in a, we went to a beach where the waves were crazy. And they, and it was like, everybody, everybody was saying, I'm not going in there, it looks really dangerous. And the truth was, if I listened to my body, it was also telling me not to go in, but my, um, but my data-driven mind was like, sometimes people are scaredy cats. I'm not a scaredy cat. I'm going to go in anyway. Mm-hmm. And I went in, and I actually got rocked and Whoa. scraped the crap out of my foot. Uh-huh. And if I had listened to my intuition, which was like, don't go in there, dummy. It's really, like, it's, the waves are big. It's like, you know, eight-foot swells. What are you doing? Um, but I didn't listen because instead I responded from my past-based experience, right, where it sounds something like this. I don't like when people tell me what to do. <laughs> so yeah. I made a decision from there yeah. instead of listening to my own inner authority, which is like, girlfriend, don't go out there. That's a terrible idea. And so um, we can do that. We can do it both ways, right? Mm-hmm. Someone can say, you should you should totally do that. And your inside is like, ooh, that doesn't feel right to me. Mm-hmm. But then you feel like a wimp or right. a scaredy cat yeah. or, you know, whatever. And you're like, oh. I don't want to look bad, so I'm going to do it anyway. And then it goes spectacularly terrible. And so um, that's that is like it's a simple example, right? I just got scraped on the foot, but I have lots of examples from clients where where it went well and where it went terribly mm-hmm. because they reacted emotionally in the yeah. moment yeah. or reacted from their inner kind of mind, you know, dialogue about mm-hmm. their past experience instead of just trusting their own inner authority, that is a much easier, it doesn't seem like it, but if you do the work to uh, heal the places that have caused you to stop trusting yourself, then it makes hearing your intuition that much easier. Do you have to be fully healed to hear your intuition? Uh, No, definitely not. Definitely not. Definitely not. Do not hear that in my words at all. What I'm saying is when you restore your trust in yourself and your inner authority and you do that inner work it just makes hearing your intuition that much easier because the voice of your intuition is just much much quieter and more subtle Mm -hmm. than the voice of your inner naysayer it's much quieter than the the like knee-jerk reaction in the belly of fear Mm -hmm. when you know when you're afraid of failing or looking bad or messing up or never getting to what you want to get to that stuff is way louder than the subtle voice of your intuition going like, it's okay, do it anyway. So I'm curious if this, this, this process that you're now looking back on that you're talking about with going into the eight foot swells, which I love water too, but I think <laughs> my, my, my fear might've just jumped right out there and gone, hell no. <laughs> <You know>? <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but I'm curious if you were aware in the moment of sort of that back and forth with your 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 intuition telling you probably not a good idea and you going don't tell me what to do <laughs> no because i was already in an emotional reaction for okay. the day okay because we had had a we were the big group right mm-hmm. and i have a hard time with um, decisions in committee there's like 10 of us and we'd gone back and forth we had left super late so i was already kind of like a heightened 
irritation level. And I'm like, you're not telling me what to do. You already did. I'm going into that water. So uh, I did not hear it at all uh -huh. because I wasn't present. I was, I was in the reaction. So the next day we went snorkeling mm -hmm. and uh, I got into the water. And what I noticed is that thing that happens for me and um, which is like, what's under the rocks? <gasps> is that a, like, I just noticed like yeah. the fear of gotta keep my hands to my side, like whatever comes up. And then I was like, wait a second. And I swam back to shore and I sat on the sand and I did my practice of connecting to my body. Uh, like my body will communicate to me if I shouldn't be in the water. Like it will let me know if there's something that I need to keep my eyes aware of. Like our bodies are designed that way. Like our glial cells will let us know if there's something like it will literally let us know. But if our amygdala hijacks us, mm -hmm. right? And fight, flight, freeze, then it would ruin my time in the water. And so I took a moment, I paused, ask questions and then I listened and it was like the water is crystal clear mm -hmm. you're here early you're gonna see stuff you've never seen it was like okay and then I went back into the water and it was so much better I was mm -hmm. struck as I always am when I'm present by the beauty of the moment the colors were brighter yeah. I was present to the water moving you know with the waves the coral, the, you know, and then that was when I saw a sea turtle and got to swim with the sea turtle for 15 minutes. So and fun. I kept my distance, but it was just like yeah. hanging out. It was a huge one. But uh -huh. the point being more that um, when we are willing to pause and get present versus re react, that we just don't know how it will turn out. Like that was that I went snorkeling probably like eight times, maybe six times while we were there. And that was the best time I snorkeled, N not because of any other reason than I was just actually really present. So I stayed in the water longer and I was looking in a different way versus fearful. Mm -hmm. uh, and that and that's kind of the thing, right? Just imagine it's a thing people say all the time about relationships. When we when we step into relationship with an open heart and an open mind, the connection that's possible is always deeper. The same goes with relationship to ourselves. If we have an open heart with ourselves and our mind is open, then our connection to ourselves is can be deeper. We can understand ourselves better. We can create mm -hmm. things we didn't even know were possible. And we have to do that inner work. I wanna say for anybody listening, yes, I totally do this work with people, but it's not always possible for people, whether it's a, you know, an economic thing or just a time thing. Mm -hmm. There are so many good books about doing the inner work. I mean, really, there are so many great books by many great writers, right? Glennon Doyle, um, mm -hmm. Wayne Dyer, Lisa Nichols, um, you know, there's just a ton. And yeah. so if you find yourself in a place where you need to do the inner work, you know, you can do the reading and the writing and the work on your own and, you know, do that, do that work. There are therapists, and I always think it's worthwhile saying that the difference between doing the work with a coach and a therapist is the difference between a behavioral kind of thing where you're noticing a behavior and you're having no, like you can't get to it no matter what you do versus um, kind of an overall purpose thing and wanting to shift or transform your life. Mm -hmm. Those are two very different things. So if you're listening to this today and you're like, ooh, I really need to work on my trust in myself, is it trust in yourself because of little t and big t traumas? Go find, you know, if you're open to it, find a therapist. Mm -hmm. But yeah. if it's not about the traumas and it's just about the, the habits that you have around trusting yourself and just understanding the mechanism 
of what it is you most desire, then find a coach. Yeah. So that's my two cents about that. <laughs> no, I love that. I love that. You know, and I think, you know, in, in my opinion, I whether it's therapy or a coach, and sometimes it's a little bit of both, I think I, I, we all will benefit from, from just having that outside uh, uh, understanding that's not inside, it, and then can help you understand your inside. <laughs> Does that make sense? It totally makes yeah. sense. It totally makes mm-hmm. sense. I'm, I'm a big believer, whoever you use as a practitioner, if you talk to them and ask who they work with, Find, find out who they're working with, like your coach. Mm-hmm. It, they don't, should is such a hard word, but I highly recommend that you work with a coach that it that remains a student. Yes. That is actually learning from someone else. Absolutely. Um, it, I, you know, if you get a therapist, just check in with them. Are you doing your own work? Are you doing your therapy work? I mean that mm-hmm. I, I have people I work with, I get supported mm-hmm. um, so that when I'm, even when I'm coaching people, my junk, getting in the way, that I can clear that stuff and yeah. just show up really present, committed to the person I'm in front of, instead of having my own stufa in the way, you know what I mean? Oh, I like that word, stufa. Stufa. <laughs> That's, awesome. That's a different word than the other word I use sometimes, but we're on live, so I'm going to use stufa. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> oh my goodness, the time is going so quickly, it makes me crazy. Um, I wonder, one day, I think, maybe we'll do a two-hour show. Probably be excessive, but I would have fun with it. <laughs> we'll see how many people would actually hang on for two hours. Um, so there's something that I want to talk a little bit about. So this is, it's, it's uh, we hit on this before, and I, we talked a little bit about it before the show, but um, something that I'm moving into, and, and you know, if you've watched the show before, I've been talking more and more about it, but it's my, my program, Soulful Conception, which I have... Uh, talk to you about and want you to be a part of because of your just the way you help the way you work the way you help people connect to themselves I think it's so important and when it comes to preconception care and planning we have to have that piece of it no matter where we are in the process whether we think we want to have a family 10 years down the road or we're in the throes of IVF we have to be able to have that connection with ourselves in our in our own inner understanding, and I need for anybody who is a any client who is a part of this this program to have all of the resources, all of the tools, everything that they can have, whether it's from me or outside of me, like you, Shoshana, um, to be able for them to to dig into what it is they need in order to to have the healthiest body, the healthiest pregnancy, the healthiest baby, and then of course what what I just, it just gives me chills just talking about it, probably every time I talk about it, but then the ability to create a healthy future for seven generations. Um, and that, that when, you know, it's that seven generations that is like, whoa, you know, it's a, this amazing amount of power that we have as individuals to, to to create, you know, you're talking a little bit of, a little while ago about being, about us creating. You know, we're creating all the time. You know, we create our future, healthy or unhealthy. We create, you know, we're creating babies, we're creating people. You know, these humans, and we have the ability to help them be more and more and more successful in life by doing the prep work, 
you know? And that's mental, emotional, physical, spiritual, financial, all of the things that's so important. So what I would like for you to talk a little bit about is, and actually I'm not totally sure, except for I know you work with, with, with women and I'm assuming their, their spouses as well if necessary, to help them through. You work with people who are trying to get pregnant and you help them through that process. What does that look like for you? What is, what are, I don't know if I want to ask if it's examples, if it's how you can help with that, um, whatever you want to talk about in that realm. <laughs> yeah, what, a, what arises mm -hmm. in, in, my, in my intuition to share about yeah. is, um, is this. <clears throat> we, we live in a time, really, we live in a time where the um, the authority about the truth exists outside of ourselves. Yes. Because we live we live in a high information mm -hmm. time, right? We we live in a high technology and high information world at the moment, um, and we're informed by social media, which is if you think about it, it's like little snippets of information. It's not um, it's not like deep stuff. It's memes, yeah. Yeah. and even memes inform us of the truth. Mm -hmm. So I just I don't want to sound all conspiracy theory about it, but but because we have assigned um, what is re what's true for us and what works for us outside of ourselves in the authority of others, it sometimes puts us in a position of doing things that actually damage our physical bodies mm -hmm. Um, mm -hmm. because we're told that that's our only option or that's the only thing we can do um, versus trusting ourselves. So um, I've worked with, you know, a variety of people um, in, in that situation, in the situation of both infertility as well as that challenging question to have kids or not have kids. Um, if they're in a position to actually have that dialogue and you know what I'm saying, some people yeah. it happens and then for some people they have to, you know, work at it because it's not happening right away. Um, and so uh, I can think of a couple different examples of clients I've worked with, um, but I'll say I'll say it more generally, which is um, both of the clients I'm thinking of had been told that one had been told the only way that she was going to get pregnant was through uh, IVF, mm -hmm. and then the other client was told that she wouldn't get pregnant at all. Mm -hmm. like like you should give up and adopt, or or do a surrogate. Um, she had had her eggs frozen, so it was, but it was like your, you know, and so both of them, we had this conversation about, I get that that's what the authority says, but what does your body say? What is, what is your body actually communicating to you? And the woman who was told IVF was the only way. Um, she really got to be with, is IVF right for her? Mm -hmm. Because it's not easy. There's yeah. like shots and hormones and all of these things and for herself um it, it she arrived at it's not right for me mm -hmm. it's not right for me to do that and so they tried some more like alternative methods around you know um fertility and then literally she was like i'm letting that go because if it's meant to happen it's meant to happen it was kind of the and to keep in mind she'd been they'd been trying her and her husband for six years right. so it's yeah. not like for her to let it go was kind of a big deal. And then they went away on a trip and they came back and she was pregnant. Mm -hmm. And um, that was a few years ago and her son is three now. And it, 
the doctors were baffled mm -hmm. because her body wasn't supposed to be able to get pregnant. Mm -hmm. um, now, to be clear, her intuition didn't tell her you're gonna get pregnant anyway. That's not what her intuition told her. Yeah. Her intuition said, don't do IVF. That feels wrong for you, trust that. Mm -hmm. So she didn't do it, yeah. even though she was told that was the only way she was gonna have a child. So she let go of having a child because she chose not to have IVF, if that makes sense. Yeah. She trusted her inner yeah. awareness. Yeah. The other woman told she would never be pregnant again. Like, you're never gonna get pregnant. Um, she went and did a couple rounds of IVF. Nothing happened. Um, and then she was really like looking at, do I do a third round? And she was just like exhausted thinking about it. Um, and you know, they put it on hiatus and she just checked in with her body. She was like, body, what do you want to do? And the body was like, you know, keep in mind that with IVF, she had gotten pregnant and lost babies. So it wasn't like, I mean, this was hard stuff. Yeah. So she really checked in with her body and her body's like, do it one more time. And she was like, ugh. So she did. And she got pregnant with Lily. And Aww. so, and Lily is four. Mm -hmm. And so it's, uh, I have other stories where people didn't get pregnant and where they adopted and where they did a surrogate. So it's not like I'm not telling people, because gosh, I want to be careful to not give people hope that intuition solves infertility. That's not what I'm saying. Right, right, right. What I'm saying is that sometimes doctors or professionals recommend things to us that work for a large percentage of population. They're looking not at our body, but they're looking at our body based on other people's bodies mm -hmm. and kind of like what's average or normal yeah. when our bodies are kind of miracles and bodies mm -hmm. do weird stuff that they can't explain medically. Yes. So when we return our authority inward and check in with ourselves, that it there's there's some real wisdom there. There's wisdom in our bodies is my point. Yeah. Um, Women's Bodies and Wisdom, I think it's Christine Northrup. It's an mm -hmm. old book from a long time ago. It's a great book yep. about restoring our trust in ourselves and in our bodies. We're not even, this is, a, we're talking about preconception. We're not even yep. talking about pregnancy, birth, and then after birth. There is just so much information that is not helpful, mm -hmm. um, that is based on past-based things and a broad, you know, broad grouping of people. Mm -hmm. However, it's not talking about you. Right. So being able to turn up the volume on your inner wisdom and really your inner trust allows you to choose what works for you and ultimately may or may not lead to the result you want outside of the result being what works for you. Right. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, 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 absolutely. There are a couple of things that really bother me um, when it comes to how sometimes we're treated by conventional medicine, which I appreciate conventional medicine for what it is, right? They, mm -hmm. do, they do great things, especially when it comes to acute care. But when it comes to telling people what they can and can't do, for example, you can or you cannot have children. How many stories have we heard where, there, where people are told what they can't do? But what does that do to the psyche, right? We're talking about these these blocks that need to be cleared and you know whether it's from you know generations behind us or whether it's from a, a big T or little T trauma we have blocks that are there and for someone to tell us that we can't do something to me is just detrimental you know I, I think it's a huge problem just like people telling us people meaning usually it's doctors how long we have to live that makes me crazy is they're saying well you have this long you don't know you can base it on some you know science you know 
But it really frustrates me. You know, I was very clear about that when I was losing my mom to never ever tell her that. And it was it was the it's the you know taking hope away. And they kind of did it anyway, in a sense, which just a roundabout way, which is really, really frustrating for me, but it's done. Um, but, you know, it's, I, we, I think we have to be so careful to make sure that we're seeing people who are not going to be so uh, cut and dry because the life is not cut and dry. Our bodies are not cut and dry. And, and what you just said about, about our bodies being miracles, you know, this is the thing that I love about all of the all of the, the you know I call it you know r reproductive science right or you know that's kind of what I my, my master's in is you know reproductive science but it's the it's the miracle that two people can create another little person is fascinating and phenomenal phenomenal and and truly amazing you know it is a miracle every and we experience it all the time <laughs> Yeah. I think it's amazing. Well, to be more specific, mm -hmm. an egg and a sperm create a baby. Yeah. And, and because of science, yeah. it doesn't require two people. And that's kind of extraordinary to me. Yeah. Is the circumvention of biology in that regard. <laughs> yeah. It's not, we're, we're not in conventional times. Right. And so conventional wisdom mm -hmm. sometimes doesn't apply to the yeah. modern times we live in, which is right. why I am so passionate about people restoring the trust they have in themselves and their own inner authority mm -hmm. so they can choose from a place of what's true for them. It's so, right. I mean, like you said, two-hour call, two-hour conversation about that. That is yeah. powerful, useful, important for us to trust ourselves and know what our truth is. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I hate to say this, but we're at our time. <laughs> I know, I know, I know. Well, I always have such fun with you. Uh, we're we're gonna do it again. Uh, it's gonna be you know always such great conversation. And, you know, and and it just goes back to the need for people to to know to know the, this, these things about themselves, and if they're not figuring it out, to find people like you to help them to figure it out. You know, to search out. Yeah. You know, in practice, um, and on the show, I'm always talking about find your team. Find your team and find your your people who build you up. So your team who helps you, who guides you, the people who build you up and love you, um, and be being very intentional about who you're surrounded by and who are, who is helping to guide you and help you learn yourself. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. And and if you want to take the test, it's simplespirit.com. Simplespirit.com. Go take the test, and hopefully, it will help you better understand your intuition works that's the intention of it cool and anybody can work with you is that right and whether they're yeah. individuals or big ass companies right mm -hmm. yeah. i work with teams um and i also work with people one-on-one -on -one, both awesome awesome yeah thank you so much thank you great conversation as always nikki thank you for having me on yeah i appreciate you so much and of course, everybody out there, you can find me, tastelifenutrition.com, uh, all the social medias, Taste Life Nutrition. We do the show every Thursday, 10 a.m. Mountain Time, streaming live. And then, of course, it is the Taste Life Nutrition podcast after that. You can find us on YouTube, Spotify, all the places. Um, and you can always reach out to Shoshana. Uh, she is in all the places as well. Are you, uh, is it, is your website and all your social media is the same? 
No, simplespirit.com is my website. Mm -hmm. And then Shoshana French Stokes on Instagram. Okay. And then um, if you look up Shoshana French, you'll find me in all the places. Yeah. There's not anybody else named that. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. <laughs> cool. So uh, we are working on launching Soulful Conception. So if it's you who are l looking to uh, get pregnant, like I said, if it's, you know, 10 years out, start now. If it's, if you're in the middle of, you know, IVF, my goal is to have, uh, as, as I said, but I want to reiterate because I think it's so important, that my goal is to have the people who are doing amazing things help to guide you. It's not just about me and food and you know the things that I do and the things that I love, but it's about the needs of the people who are part of this program and, and bringing in people who have their specialties, who can really speak to what what the, the needs are that, that are outside of my understanding. So um, if you have anybody in your life who is in this position, uh, you know, send, send them my information. I'm always happy to chat about it. We're gonna be, be talking more and more about it, so I'm super excited. But um, we're not here next week. I'm in Belize, so we'll have a rerun. So anyway, yeah. <laughs> Thanks everybody for joining. We'll see you in a couple of weeks and uh, have a wonderful weekend. Bye, everybody.